Have you ever had the experience of doing something for someone, maybe doing someone a special favor, maybe not just a simple little favor, but maybe something that actually required a good bit of work and effort and exertion, and you did this favor for the person, and then they never even said thank you. That's just, that's hard to take, isn't it? Uh, that's uh, sad and, and hurtful and discouraging. Uh, I would further say that's just flat out wrong. Or have you ever given someone a gift? Maybe went to some trouble to get and, and prepare and extend a gift to someone. Uh, and you were really excited about the opportunity to be able to give this gift. And then the person on the receiving end never even expressed any gratitude for what was done. Again, that's, that's a hurtful thing when that happens. Uh, thankfulness and gratitude is more than just a social grace. It is actually the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, a verse we'll look at it just a little later, says that it is the will of God that we should give thanks. And so t- today, with this particular season of the year as a springboard for our thoughts, we want to talk about being thankful. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 includes this phrase, and be ye thankful. There's lots of, there's lots of information, lots of instruction in the Word of God about thankfulness and gratitude. And Colossians 3 15 specifically says, be thankful. We want to talk about that in our lesson this morning for just a few minutes. We stop here to thank you for being here, uh, today. We're very grateful that Speaking of thankfulness, we're thankful and grateful that we have a chance to be together on this Lord's Day. It is a true blessing and we appreciate the opportunity. We appreciate you for being here to be a part of it. We thank you for visitors who are with us uh, and we hope you'll come again whenever you can. And As always, if, if we can help with your Bible study, if you have questions, if there's anything that you need that we can assist with, please let us know and we'll try to do that. So we are to be thankful people. What are some of the things that will help us in this? I, I, I think this is one of those categories, like so many others, where it's not either yes or no, on or off, you got it or you don't. I think this is one of those kind of things that we can continually improve in, in expressing thanks and, and being grateful. So what are some of the things that will help us improve in this important category? Well, first of all, could we just simply say never forget uh, forgetfulness uh, is the enemy of thankfulness. In Psalm 103, verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I think the very fact that the psalmist here used that expression suggests that it's certainly a possibility. There's definitely the possibility, maybe even the likelihood, that if you're not conscious of these things, you will forget all his blessings and benefits. And so, Definitely, we need to be remembering. Don't forget all that God has done and continues to do for us. An event in Jesus' life illustrates the, the real ugliness, I think, of forgetting what's been done for you. You remember the episode in Luke chapter 17, beginning verse 12. As he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers. Let's stop there for a minute. Notice there were ten of these fellows, and they were lepers. We've talked lots of times in the past about just how awful the disease of leprosy was in that time in particular. It was a a terribly debilitating disease, physically debilitating, and and, uh, would ultimately 
lead to the loss of fingers and hands and feet, uh, maybe arms and legs, and, and eventually through all the infection that would follow uh, death. It was, it was a horrible, painful, nasty disease physically. But what made it even worse was that those who had leprosy were excluded from society because it was contagious and greatly feared. And even the law of Moses instructed that those who had leprosy had to be excluded from general society. They couldn't associate freely with others for fear of the spread of the disease. And so not only were they hurting physically, but they were also hurting by way of being excluded due to their leprosy. Here were 10 men who were lepers. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, Jesus here basically tells them, Do what the law of Moses says, that you would go to be judged by the priest as to whether you were clear of the leprosy or not. We remember in our daily Bible readings every year when we come through the book of Leviticus, there's a whole bunch of detail there about leprosy and dealing with leprosy. But to go and show yourself to the priest so that he could judge that you were a leper or free from leprosy. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Isn't that amazing? Just shocking, incredible that these that there were ten in all and only one chose to come back and thank Jesus for the healing that had been received. You can't quite imagine that those other nine, having been cured of this horrible situation in their lives, wouldn't have rushed right back to thank Jesus and the nine didn't come back to express their gratitude. They forgot what was done for them. And now I want to tell you, Uh, that is an ugly, ugly characteristic on the part of those nine. We don't want to be like that. We want to never forget all the good blessings that come our way. Just remember, don't forget would be our first help in being a more thankful people. Count your blessings, not your woes. We just sang the song, Count Your Blessings. And that's really a great admonition for us. I, I think, you know, that's an old familiar song. We know it well, but it, the, the, the message of it is really a, a needed admonition. Count your blessings. I think, though, maybe that that's an impossible assignment. Because I think we have so many blessings that if you were to break it all down into every detail, I, I just don't imagine that we could ever get the job completely done when it comes to counting our blessings. But the problem is that instead of counting blessings, we we very often think about our woes, what's not going well for us. We need to count our blessings. Don't focus on what's wrong. Focus more on what's right and what's good in our lives. Psalm 40, verse 7. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. And I think that's certainly true of us as well. Uh, We have more blessings than we can ever actually name them all. 300 years ago, a famous Bible commentator by the name of Matthew Henry uh, was robbed. uh, And he wrote about it in his diary. Now, I'm going to tell you, if if you were actually robbed by someone, it'd be pretty hard to look on the bright side of that. It'd be pretty hard to, to count your blessings rather than your woes. But Matthew Henry did, and I thought what he wrote about that was pretty incredible. 
he, he, he thanked God for four things. He thanked God that this man had never robbed him before. Uh, he thanked God that the man took his purse but did not take his life. He thanked God that though he took all I had, I didn't have very much. And fourth, he thanked God that I was the one who was robbed, not the one who did the robbing. Oh, that's a great observation, right? And so even in a, in a tough circumstance like that, he could count blessings. And I believe we can do the same. No matter what's going on in our lives, there's still a lot of good that we need to be thinking about. Count your blessings and not your woes. Think about how your situation compares to others. You probably have seen surveys uh, done that compares what we have in our standard of living here in America to other places in the world. Uh, However, sadly, we often take those things for granted. We have so many good things. And a little reflection on how our lives compare to others, I think, is really helpful. Here's, Here's a few facts taken from the Census Bureau. The U.S. stands head and shoulders above the rest of the world in standard of living. A recent survey showed that more than half, 56% of Americans, were high income by the global standard, living on more than $50 per day. Another 32% were upper middle income by the global standard, living on $20 to $50 per day. In other words, almost 9 out of 10 Americans had a standard of living that was above the global middle income standard. That's pretty incredible, right? So nine out of ten Americans are better off, have a better standard of living than other people in the world. In America, the typically poor person, the typical poor American lives in an air-conditioned house or apartment, has cable TV, a car, multiple color TVs, a DVD player, and a microwave oven, among other conveniences. I think that's pretty impressive. Compare this with the rest of the world. 56% of the rest of the world are low income, living on 2 to $5 per day. 15% are rated as poor in the world, living on less than $2 per day. Okay, now put yourself in that picture. Uh, again, we, we have this, this tendency uh, to, to only think about negative things. Think positively about how our lives compare to others. And it, cer- it certainly should bring about a degree of gratitude. We ought to be thankful when we think of how our situation compares with others. Realize that, here's sort of a bottom line consideration, just realize that ingratitude is a sin. Don't be that guy who has great things done for him and he never says thank you. Don't be that person who gets a nice gift and never expresses thanks for it. Don't do that. Uh, Because... Ingratitude itself is a sin. In Romans chapter 1, I think you probably remember that longer text in which the Apostle Paul describes the characteristics of the pagans that lived there in the first century. Uh, In Romans chapter 1 verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. And so, One of the things, a primary thing mentioned about the pagans was they didn't glorify God and they were not grateful. They weren't thankful. Uh, That says a lot, I believe. In the text that Joel read for us uh, just a few moments ago in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning verse 1, there's a long catalog of, of 
terrible, sinful things. Read it again. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Boy, that's a pretty, pretty bad list of things, isn't it? When you look at all of that, you think, man, there's some terrible things in there. Did you notice right in the middle of that list was unthankful? So, you know, uh, for instance, someone who loves pleasure more than loves God, that sounds really bad. That sounds really bad if you think about it. Uh, when, when you think about people who are false accusers, who would bear false witness against them, that's really bad. That's really bad. And right in there amongst all the rest of that is unthankful. That's how important this is. Ingratitude, bottom line, ingratitude is a sin and we must avoid it. It's not an option. You can't say, well, I I know some people who are really good at expressing their thanks. And that's fine. That's that's in their that's in their personality type. That's just that's just them. I'm not that way. I'm I, I'm just not such a person who who freely expresses such things. I don't have that option. The answer to that is no, you can't be that way. You can't have that option. You have to be grateful, be thankful. One, a, a, a simple exercise here is for us to make a point to express our thanks constantly for when people do things for us and give things to us. Don't assume that other people know how we feel. I think that's probably what happens here. So someone does something nice for me. I assume that they know I appreciate that. Uh, I, I don't ever say so, but I, I just assume that they know that I'm very thankful that they did what they did. That won't work. That doesn't get the job done. We need to actually express our thanks. Here's an interesting consideration. God knows our hearts perfectly. Uh, but he still wants us to verbally express our thanks. Have you thought about that? So you might not be able to read my mind. So you do something nice for me, and I assume you know that I'm grateful for it. But the fact of the matter is you can't read my mind. You don't know whether I am or not if I don't say so. On the part of God, he knows my mind perfectly. And so... You know, someone said, well, you really shouldn't have to express your thanks if God already knows. Yeah, he already knows, but he still wants us to express thanks. First Thessalonians 5, verse 18, alluded to this earlier. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Giving thanks is the will of God. He wants us to actually express our thanks. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So give thanks. That's what we're supposed to do. Philippians 4, verse 16. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know, we're really good uh, at, at this request business. We were talking in our Bible class a little bit about prayer. We, we ended up our class in, here in the auditorium talking about the model prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And we were trying to make the point, we didn't get to fully cover that text, but we were trying to make the point, prayer is not just about 
making requests. This is the part we're really good at. I'm, I'm really good at telling people and telling God what I want, what I need. Uh, don't, I, I really don't need any practice or help with making requests. What I need help with is being thankful. And notice that we can let our supplications and prayers be made known, but make sure they're accompanied with thanksgiving. That's what God wants us to do. Can we say don't complain or murmur? I think that's really important. Uh, as, we, as we study together uh, very often in our Old Testament studies, we study about the children of Israel, and we talk about the, the powerful delivery that God gave to the children of Israel when he brought them out of Egyptian bondage. Just really amazing, just overwhelmingly incredible what God did for the Israelites when he brought them out of Egyptian bondage. Uh, and then, of course, we know the history of those people. Uh, their gross ingratitude and their frequent complaining and murmuring and griping Certainly you would not say that the children of Israel in those Old Testament storylines, you can't say that they were a people that were really grateful. They were really good at being thankful to God. No, they were really great at murmuring and complaining. And it's so distasteful when you read it and see that in them. And then maybe we imitate them too often. Do not complain or murmur. Colossians chapter 10 verse 10 actually references them. Neither murmur ye as some of them. Now, it's talking in the context, it's talking about the children of Israel. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, all these things happen to them for examples. They're written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now, there's an example there. It's not a good one, but it's an example set forth uh, uh, that we could learn from the bad behavior of the Israelites in regards to complaining and murmuring. I would argue that in, that some people are better at murmuring than they are at giving thanks. Murmuring comes easily, naturally. You've got to work at being a grateful person and expressing your thanks. So don't complain or murmur, I think, is really an important concept here. As, as we're thinking about things that will help us develop this characteristic, this quality in our lives more and more. As I said earlier, I don't think any of us can say, I've got that checked off. My, I've got my checklist here. And when it comes to the business of gratitude and thankfulness, I've got that checked off. I've, I've accomplished that. I've, I'm, I'm all I ever need to be in that regard. No, that's just not the case. I think we need to really dwell on spiritual blessings. You know, I, I think a lot of our ingratitude comes because we're too focused on this present time, this present world, our physical conditions, you know. Uh, and so, you know, maybe you want a newer car. Maybe you want, uh, maybe you want a, a better wardrobe. Maybe you want a different house. Maybe you want. There's just a lot of things. You know, I look around in the world, and there's there's people out there who've got a whole lot more stuff than I've got. I just want more stuff. You know? And I'm not happy because I don't have all the stuff that I want. And so I complain and I murmur about that. When, if the fact of the matter were known, if, if I would concentrate on the spiritual blessings that I have that they don't have. So very often we're comparing our physical circumstance to the people of the world and they have more in, in the physical realm than we do. And it makes us unhappy. And we're ungrateful. We don't give thanks because why would I give thanks for my circumstance when it's not near as good as his circumstance is, right? 
But here's the thing. The fact of the matter is, I've got a whole array of spiritual blessings that he doesn't have because he's not a child of God. He's not even trying to serve God. He's just living for this world. If I would focus on the spiritual blessings we enjoy, then it would be so much better. No, certainly we have physical blessings. All people of the world, uh, yeah, all the people of the world uh, enjoy physical blessings from God. Matthew 5, verse 45 says, He makes His rain to fall upon the just and the unjust. But as we were saying, we have infinitely more because we as the children of God have all the spiritual blessings that He has provided. I, I just put together a quick list. This is just, just off the top of my head. Just a quick list of spiritual blessings that we have. We have from Acts 2.38, the remission of sins. John 14, verse 2, a promised home in heaven. Philippians 4, verse 7, peace that passeth understanding. 1 Peter 1, verse 8, joy unspeakable. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, divine love that never fails. James 1, verse 12, a crown of life. Philippians 4, verse 19, a Savior who supplies all needs. 1 Peter 3, verse 12, a Lord who hears and answers prayers. Now, that's a quick listing, right? And, and you know that that could be added to. You could add a lot more, but I hope you get the point. All of that that we've got on the screen there is very significant and important. We have all of these amazing spiritual blessings from God. We have all these and more. And if we focus on that, if I focus, for instance, on the fact that God wants me to come to Him in prayer, that He invites me before His very throne in heaven to to express my prayers there, if He has promised me a home in heaven... uh, then I look at my car, you know, my car is kind of old. And, it, 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 you know, the, the, there's a hole in the seat and the back fender rust is poking through the back fender and, and it doesn't start real good and it, it, it makes a lot of weird noises when it's going down the road. And I'm just not happy because I don't have a new car. What have I got instead? I've got a promised home in heaven. I've got a Lord who hears and answers prayers and all these other things. We've made. If I would focus on that instead of, my craving desire for a better car, for instance, how much better off I would be. So dwell on spiritual blessings. And and for all of us who are Christians, if we will do that, we certainly ought to be enormously thankful. Finally, let me suggest to you, focus on the one who gives it all. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good and every perfect gift is from God in heaven. The fact of the matter is, and if we were really honest, we would admit this, the fact is that we don't deserve anything. But the fact is, He gives us everything. And that being so, then we ought to be thankful. So, just some suggestions on how we can improve this characteristic of our lives. Thankfulness, gratitude. We really, I think, need to work at it. We're here right in the middle of this time of year that's set aside particularly for giving thanks. That's fine, but it ought not to just be a once a year kind of exercise. We ought to do it all the time. Let me me end by talking with you for just a minute about the, the... great gift of salvation that God has made available for us. So, here's a, imagine this situation. Somebody has gone to a lot of trouble 
to buy or prepare or fix a gift for you. And they have, they have prepared it exquisitely. They have wrapped it in, in beautiful paper and they've put just an elaborate bow on top of it. And they place it on the table right in front of you and they, they've given you this gift. And you look at it and then just turn and walk away. You don't even open the package. You don't take the bow off. You don't investigate what's inside. Here's this beautiful, exquisite gift that's been offered and you just ignore it. Can you imagine how hurtful that would be if someone ignored the gift that you had prepared in that fashion? Well, in a very real sense, that's what God has done for us. He has prepared for us salvation. Uh, We can be forgiven of our past sins. We can be in a right relationship with God. We can have the hope of heaven and eternity. And he's held out this gift to us. And yet the vast majority of the world is just turning away and ignoring this incredible gift that God makes available to us. Way too many are turning their backs on the gift of God of salvation. What about you this morning? Here's this gift from God that he has prepared for you. Uh, Have you taken advantage of it? Will you take advantage of the gift that God extends, the gift of salvation through the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ, perfectly revealed to us by the Holy Spirit and the inspired word? It all comes together for our salvation. Will you thankfully accept the gift that God has prepared? If you're not a Christian yet, we hope you'll become one. That simple gospel plan of salvation is here. Believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. If you're a Christian already, but you've turned away from God, that also probably represents an ingratitude on your heart, in your heart, if you have turned away from the God who has saved you from your past sin. Don't let that situation continue in your life either way. If you're not a Christian, become one. If you are a Christian but not faithful, be restored. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song.